You are listening to the Inspiring Your Shine podcast. Hello and welcome to Inspiring Your Shine. This is Rebecca and today we are going to be talking about your brand presence. And this is so very important because if you want to stand out online, if you want to grow your business using social platforms, you have to have this dialed in because the first way that people will notice you and be drawn in is through your brand design, your brand aesthetic, and your overall brand presence, which is all things visual. So I'm very excited to share with you today these different little things that it took me many years to learn. And I'm specifically interested and intrigued and love teaching this part of the branding because originally in my college years, I went to school for fashion merchandising. And that is all about visually laying out things in a way that people can be drawn in and appreciate. So that's exactly what we are doing here is we are styling your brand. And it's all about what kind of a presence you are having online. And I hope that I can take you to a place where you can pull things together because of this knowledge that you're going to glean here today. So Today you can expect us to talk about how those visuals matter, what kind of visuals you want to be paying attention to, about your logo, color theory, fonts, shapes, and other visuals like emojis and symbols and objects and your photos and imagery. So we're going to be covering all of that today and I hope that it's going to support you in getting more eyes on your brand because essentially I talk about brand identity is your first door to influence. Well, within my brand identity pillars, your brand presence or design or aesthetic is truly your first way of grabbing the attention of the people that could potentially be your new clients. So let's get into this. And what I first want to express to you is that did you know that 80% of what you see is retained? I came across that statistic and I was like, that is so crazy, but it makes so much sense because even stories or a lot of the things that we do, it we turn it into pictures in our mind. So our mind has the ability to remember things that we see. And that is why you want to be able to stand out visually from the noise online. If you think about it, when you're scrolling, what grabs your attention? Well, I promise you, if you have a really dialed in brand identity, if you have a great logo and you're doing great with your imagery and your hooks, then you're going to be able to draw people in and win that game and help people to not only pick you out of a crowd and make you identifiable, but it's also going to make you memorable. And one of the biggest pieces to that is your logo. So what is important about when you create a logo? Maybe you already have a logo or maybe you have a logo that you don't love. And this is an area where you definitely want to make sure that you have a logo that you love and that you're proud of. The first time I ever tried making a logo, my first iterations of a logo were horrible. It's not easy to make a logo. I tried putting way too many things in it. I wanted so many things to represent all of these different things. I was trying to do like a bright green and a coral color originally, and it just was not working. I finally hired a designer 
And I was trying to have her make me something, but I wasn't loving what she was making. So I was fortunate enough that this particular designer lived by me. So I was able to literally go and sit by her and tell her what I wanted so that she could bring my vision to life. So it's really important for you to get very clear on what it is that you want to express in your logo. And what I want to encourage you, if you haven't had a logo or just in case you don't understand why a logo is so important, what big brand can you think of that doesn't have a logo? Basically, every big brand, just so you know, has a logo. And if you want to play a bigger game, you also need a great logo because it really does impact how your brand is seen as a player in your niche. Think of your logo as a picture on a dating profile. If it was representing you that way, then it would really matter, right? Because that is what's going to make somebody click. It says so much, that profile picture. So it is that first impression. It can help inform them about your brand and what you're about, even subconsciously when we talk about the colors and things. So I want to ask you, how do you want to be perceived? What is your style? What are your colors? What objects do you want to represent you? So the if you were to look at my brand, for instance, my company name is Inspiring Your Shine. So of course, those are the words that are in my logo. But that as a company name says a lot about who I am and what I stand for, the role that I play. I am all about helping everyone to shine bright and make a difference. And so Inspiring Your Shine goes right along with that. What's also nice about that is that I have incorporated the imagery of sunshine into my logo. And for me, that has a meaning of not only do I help other people shine, I also consider that sun as the imagery of God being present in our lives at all times. And he is actually what makes us shine because he created us. And so that also comes out in my branding. And the colors that I've chosen is white and gray are my neutral colors. And then I have this marigold yellow and my accent color is a really bright orange. And so when you put those all together, it gives off this feeling of bright and light and that's what I want. So once you have your logo and it's representing you and it is expressing the style that you want, it's expressing your messaging, then what I need you to know is it needs to be present on everything that you do. It's like putting your mark of approval on things. It's also another one of those identifying factors. And particularly if your logo has something identifiable like a symbol or an object or those colors, even just in your name of your business. I also have my my name incorporated into my logo. And so it is an identifier for you. And you want to put it on everything that you do. So if you don't have a logo, then I want to share with you some ideas of how you can go about starting the process. First of all, you need to go and get inspiration. So you need to Google logos. You can Google logos that say the same words of that you're trying to say to see how they express those words in logos. You can do logos on your niche and what it is that what niche you're in and see how people have done it. 
because a lot of coaches branded their name. So you can see the different ways that they use just a name and how they brand it. I chose to do a corporate name of Inspiring Your Shine because I tend to do a lot of different things. And so everything that I do goes under the umbrella of Inspiring Your Shine. And you could just Google different types of styles of logos. So if you know that your brand style is very minimal, then you can put in logos with minimal style or minimalistic style um, or modern style. Or if you know that you really like vintage type logos, you could look at just vintage type. So it really depends on you and your brand and what it is that you want to express. So you really can express a lot of different things in your logo in the way that you choose to style it. So if you have a logo that's very minimal or clean or classic or vintage or artsy or playful or fun, depending on which direction you choose to go, it's going to set the tone for who you are and what your brand stands for. Even the topology that you use in your brand matters because it will also reveal more about you. I'm going to talk a little bit more about fonts and how they express style and why here in a little bit. The most important thing is that your logo should express something about you. It's your first chance to really help them to understand what you and your brand are all about. So definitely go and do that research. And then once you kind of have an idea of what you want in your logo, then you would want to sit with me or sit with a designer and have them help you bring that to life. Now, I'm not essentially just a designer, but I have been able to create at least some starting logos for people to give them that mark of approval on your things because your logo can change. And if you think about it, different logos along the years, they have different iterations. They get more sleek, they get more dialed in, but think about it from the beginning, how you want to express yourself in your logo. And it's a very important part of your brand. And I find that a lot of people online skip that and people say that they don't need it. And even people that are in network marketing, a lot of times they don't see the need to have a logo, but you want to brand yourself. And it's very important for you to be able to pivot and always be taking that logo of who you are with you and you can change what's underneath the umbrella of your logo. Now I want to talk about imagery, specifically photos. And when it comes to the photos that you're using, the most important thing that you need to know is that you are the most important element to the imagery of your brand. People need to see your face. Now, I know for some people, they actually have more of a corporate brand where they're building a team and that's fine. But most likely, if you're listening to me, you are somebody who is doing a personal brand. And it's very important for you to be showing up in that. And even the corporate brands are starting to implement a lot of people in their branding because people, things with people, branding with people, um, reels with people and social posts with people will get a lot more interaction. And particularly you as a personal brand, the things that have you in them, whether it be videos or lives or the imagery, if you are in it, 
it's going to be interacted with 10 times more than something that just has words or just has your normal branding, but doesn't have a picture of you. So don't feel like you're being vain if you are putting you in the pictures all the time, because it is important. But what also is important is that you get branded pictures and photos, that you're not just using selfies of yourself that are not putting you in the best light. And it's really easy for you to do a brand photo shoot. Actually, in my brand identity guide that I will make accessible to you, I have a whole page on how to do your own photo shoot to make it look like it is a professional shoot, even if it's just you and a friend. So it absolutely can be done. I've actually never paid for a professional shoot, although my daughter is a really good photographer. Um, But you could do really beautiful things just on your own. And so that's in there for you. But other than pictures of you and on-brand pictures of you showing lifestyle and showing something that really brings your vibe and your style to life in those pictures, is thinking about what other imagery you are using Not only in those photos of you thinking about the setting of those photos and what kind of a vibe you're setting with the place. Like when I go and take my photos, a lot of times it's outside where sunshine is present because that's right on brand for me. But maybe for you, you would have a setting more urban or maybe it would be inside of an office or maybe it would be in nature like mine. So you have to kind of decide what kind of a tone you want to set with the setting of your photo, but also the the image categories that you use of other photo imagery in your brand. So it could be photos of your dog or your family. It could be photos of food or coffee or wine. It can be imagery topics that are have to do with the problem that you solve or the niche that you're in. But knowing what your photo categories are so that you can keep it consistent in your branding so you're not all over the place. So for some people, they might have imagery that often has nature type pictures in it, or maybe there's a lot of flowers, or maybe it is really minimalistic, clean photos. Or if you're in real estate, you might have a lot of photos with houses and properties in them. And it really does, again, depend on your niche. And that is something in your brand identity guide. I help you to decide what are your brand imagery categories and what they are. Because to be identifiable, what you're going to find is you have to be consistent with how you're showing up and what people can expect from you. They want to grow comfortable with what you're about. If you are all over the place and you're doing all kinds of different things and you aren't being consistent, then you are never going to be recognizable or memorable to people because it's just too much for them to keep track of. They won't know and understand what you're about. You want people to know exactly what you're about. You want to beat them over the head basically with it over and over and over so much that they know exactly what you stand for, what problems you solve, who you serve, and what you're all about where they can repeat it to a friend. That would be the ultimate goal. So make sure you remember that. Branding is being able to be congruent and consistent with everything that you do so that you don't confuse your audience. 
So before I move on from the whole imagery piece, I want to let you know that the way that you edit or the filters that you use can also add an entire vibe and style to the photos. So not only the photo categories, pictures of you, but also the way that you choose to edit them. So you can make them feel bright and light like I do, or very airy and minimal, or you can make them dark and moody or vintage or vibrant. It really depends on you and your brand and what you're trying to express, how you want people to feel. Your imagery has the ability to make people feel something. Is That's what we're going to learn next is all about color theory and the way that colors actually make us feel emotions. So this wasn't something that I knew until a couple of years ago, so maybe you didn't know this. And that is that colors are actually something that we associate with feelings. And that being said, you want to make sure that the colors that you're using in your brand are expressing what you want people that interact with your brand to feel. And when it comes to picking colors for your brand, in case you don't have particular colors and maybe you're all over the place and you're just using a lot of different colors that you like, depending on what you're making. And a lot of times this is a mistake people make when they're making things in um, those different apps that you have the ability to, then it's like every different post is like a piece of art. Like everything looks different and you just like mix it up and make it fun. But actually, again, keeping your brand presence very aesthetically congruent where they can expect the same elements over and over and over. It creates a familiarity with you and your brand and makes you recognizable. And so you want to do that with your colors as well. And so what you want is you want a main color. Sometimes you can have two main colors and you can go back and forth. My main color is that marigold yellow. And then you want to have two neutral colors. And of course, neutrals are things like gray, black, tan, white. My colors that are neutral are a gray color, two shades of gray actually, and then white. Sometimes I use a lighter gray, but if I'm doing words, I usually use a darker gray. And then you want to have one to two accent colors. So in your brand, you do not want more than five, max six colors, but you need to know that those accent colors are only used 10% of the time, really just to draw attention or to accent something, kind of like you would with an accent pillow on your couch. That isn't a color that you would want everywhere, but it definitely adds that pop and it makes everything be pulled together. Your main color, you're gonna use 60% of the time. Your neutrals, you're gonna use 30% of the time. And then the accent colors are used 10% of the time. So that is the rule for aesthetically pleasing design. And so now let's get into that color theory. And I'm just gonna tell you a little bit about what some of these colors mean, because you may not realize it. Yellow, which is my main color, is an optimistic color that is also alerting. It draws the eye in, and it's a very confident, cheery color. And then you have blue, which blue is commonly associated with the feelings of trust and calmness. And then pink, which a lot of people are using. Of course, there's lots of different shades of pink, but pink is a fun color and it's like a passionate, romantic color. Then you have tan and tan, of course, is warmth and security and stability. Orange is friendly and fun, energetic and a navy blue color would be confident and authority, power, like 
bankers are known to wear blue suits. Anybody who works in the finance business a lot of times will wear blue. Then you have red, which is a power color. It's a fiery color. It's bold and confident. And then you have green, which is peaceful and associated with nature and health many times and also money. Purple is a creative color and it is associated with luxury and wisdom. And gold is all about extravagance and wealth and riches. It's a very sophisticated color. And aqua is known to be tranquility and serenity, like the color of the ocean. And then you have gray is sleek and timeless and formal. And black is also a formal color and it's very balanced. It is very bold. So if you want to have a classic brand, black is a great way to go for that neutral color that you pick. So once you really think about what your colors are going to be and you use them in that 60, 30, 10 ratio, then it's really going to start to pull your brand together just by using the same colors over and over and dialing it in. And you also want to think about how you're using color in your background, how you're using color in the clothing clothing that you're wearing. A lot of times when I'm helping people to choose their brand colors, I go back and I look in their feed for the clothes that they've been wearing because they're subconsciously picking and being drawn to particular clothes because that most likely is what they stand for. That's what they're about. They are, if they're somebody who does blue, they probably are more of a calm person. If they're somebody who picks fire colors, they might be a little more on the energetic side. And somebody who wears a lot of like camo or greens, they most likely are more nature people. So we're already speaking these things into the world through just being. And so now it's time to bring that in and dial it in and make sure that you are bringing that into your brand. Now, if you are a personal brand, then you definitely want colors that represent you and what you're about and what you care about, what your values are. But if you're a corporate brand and you are creating a business that you necessarily aren't going to be the forefront person, it's going to be a team, then those colors just need to reflect what it is that you are trying to express through your business and the biz- the values and mission of the business. So you have a little bit more where you can go away from what it is that you like and you can express what it is that you want to express to your ideal customer. But if it's a personal brand, it definitely probably should be a reflection of you. Otherwise, people will get confused. So now let's talk a little bit about topography or fonts. And so that is... Something that's really important that you may not recognize is that your brand fonts actually reflect your style. And when you're picking a font, it needs to be very legible. Most importantly, don't get too cutesy with the fonts and the things that you're doing. And I've seen a lot of people using the combination of just a basic font with like a scripty font. And that is pretty and it's trendy, but sometimes it's not legible. So remember, you want people to be able to read and see and notice what it is. If they have to really look at it and burn brain cells just trying to figure out what it says because it's so scripty and designy, then that is not going to serve you. You want them to be able to instantly see what it has to say. And you want to use fonts that are readily available on the different platforms because if you pick a font that you have to buy, 
you can buy a license for it, but there are restrictions on how you can use that. And it's just going to be a pain for you every time you go to write something to keep yourself in congruency, you're going to have to make sure that that font is available to you. And so I would just say for your basic writing font, at least you want to pick one that is commonly available on all the different platforms. And maybe for your logo, you can do more of a designer font that is a specialty font that you pay for, but you're not going to be using that all the time. It's only going to maybe be in your logo. So that's just a little tip for you on the fonts. But when it comes to fonts, there's a couple of different words that I never was familiar with, but because there's so many fonts to choose from, I just want to give you a background on how to determine what a, what's the difference between a serif, a sans serif, a slab serif, a script, and something decorative. And these are things that I just never understood, and it was like a foreign language to me. So a serif font are those classic fonts that have like feet on the words. So think of like your typewriter fonts. They have the old serif type fonts on them. And so brands like Vogue and Tiffany's, their logos are made out of a serif font. You've probably seen this. It's called Times New Roman. That is a serif font. And the big indicator is that it has those feet on it. Whereas a sans serif font is something that has eliminated the feet. It's a much more cleaner of a look and it's more clean and simple than a serif. It's less formal. And those kind of fonts are like Arial. And you may not realize this, but Google, its logo is made with a sans serif font. Just very clean, no feet on it, just clean lines. And then you have something called a slab serif. So they're very bold and they can look very rugged. Sony, if you knew the logo Sony, if you can visualize it, they use this fatter, bold serif slab font and Roboto slab is one you can look at for that. And this is always a good choice to have a bold font because it shows up really well from a far distance. So the next thing we want to look at is elegant fonts, script fonts, calligraphy fonts. Basically, these are your cursive writing type fonts. There's lots of different ones, but like I told you, the rule for these and using these is you want to use them. You could use them in your logo, but just make sure it's legible. And make sure that if you're going to use them in other parts of your branding, your other visuals, that you use them sparingly. Use them more decoratively than using them for writing things out. Because I've made the mistake of writing out a bunch of text in a scripty font like this, and it just is really busy looking to the eye. If you're going to write a lot of script, it's much better done in a very simple font just so you know. And I really love for a script, look up Allura. It's really pretty. And the logo for Instagram is actually a script font. Then you have handwritten fonts. And so these are just like what you would think. They look like they were handwritten. They're more informal and playful. There is one called permanent marker. And it literally looks like if you think about what you would write on a box when you moved, that's what it looks like. And it's called permanent marker, which I thought was funny. But also what's interesting is the company named Sharpie, they have used a handwritten font to do the Sharpie logo. It's pretty cool if you pay attention. Anyway, you need to know those things about what that is. And a decorative font is basically those 
normal fonts that they've been made to look more decorative. So think about the Lego logo. And that is a decorative font. It's like bubble letters and it has yellow around it and then has red behind that. And so a decorative font is a really great way to make your logo to be very distinct and special and not like everybody else's. Most likely you're going to need a designer to do that. You can find some decorative fonts that you can use, but they aren't going to be available on every single platform. So just so you know, but decorative fonts are really great for headlines. They are great for your logo, and it's a great way to add a very distinct style to what it is that you're doing. And a lot of great brands have that decorative logo in them. So hopefully you found that interesting like I did as far as what those different fonts are and what they mean. And so when you go to create something in Canva, you understand what is a serif, what is a sans serif, what is a decorative compared to a calligraphy compared to a handwritten font. And that should make you picking your fonts much easier. So what you need to know is that you need to pick a font and a grouping. So let's just say that you picked Arial and it's just a real basic one. You picked Arial. It can be bold, it can be light, or it could just be regular. You would of course use bold for titles and subtitles. You would use regular for just normal writing and you can use light as like accents or the sub subtitles. And so that is something that would be really good for you to just keep consistent. Even when you are making a social media post or you're making a reel, you can look for fonts that have a similar look to what you're doing. Even though you can't always look up by name the particular font that you're using, you'll get used to knowing and understanding what your font looks like and so that you can keep a consistent feel of style in everything that you do. And then you can pick a script or a calligraphy or a handwritten or a decorative to be like your titles on your worksheets and you can play with that as part of your logo as well. Now let's move on to shapes and how you use shapes in your design. What you may not realize is using one shape it really will make designing so much easier. So I use a lot of circles. Sometimes I use circles with like a pattern inside of them or sometimes I just use solid circles or sometimes I will outline a circle where it has white inside where I can put printed words that are more legible or sometimes I'll use a block of yellow which is my main color and then I'll put white letters inside of it for them to pop out of. And it really helps to have these shapes to add style and to take up some of the space for design, just to make it look more design. So think about when you're making a social post, if you have some different kind of circles on there, or if you are making slides, you can do the circles and it keeps it cohesive for you throughout all of your designs of everything that you do if you use the same shape over and over. I just did some branding for a client and we used squares. It makes this identifiable look. So I want you to really think about how you can incorporate a shape into your branding. And sometimes you'll have a shape in your logo. I actually have a circle in my logo because it is part of the sun and then I have some letters curved around like that. Well, what's interesting is circles are 
something that women usually are drawn to. It's more of a feminine kind of a thing. And it's because it means connection and community. That is what it represents. Whereas the more geometric things are more masculine and they have structure and order feel to them. And particularly triangles can show direction and men tend to be drawn to triangle shapes. You also have organic shapes or things that you normally would see in nature, like the leaves. You can even see a lot of swishes or just like a smear of color behind things a lot of times in branding these days. And those organic shapes are a little more approachable. Then you have abstract shapes, which are not necessarily anything that is a real imagery of something, but when it is there, in an abstract way, we understand what it's trying to express. It actually is recognizable. So you can use these different shapes. Pick one that is a good representation of you. And so maybe you have some kind of abstract thing that you are putting in there that has become recognizable with you, like how I've used the sun as an object. The other thing that I want to talk to you about with different visuals is you can use visuals like emojis in ways that make it recognizable. So when I'm doing a social post, I can use the emoji of a sun to be like bullet points, or I can use a sun in my signature line when I do a text or when I'm writing posts, I can insert sunshines in there. And so it is something that I can use repeatedly over and over. And you can think about for you what would be an imagery of an emoji that you could use over and over and over. And that would be something that would represent you well. There's also things like objects. Like I've already talked to you about my sunshine is an object in my branding. Maybe in your logo, you're going to have some sort of an object that is going to represent what you are all about. And that is something that you can do over and over in your branding. Sometimes when I make worksheets, I will have sunshine imagery inside of the worksheet. You can also use visuals like GIFs. You can even make your own GIF now. And all you have to do is record yourself clapping or raising your hands or doing something, a movement, kind of like a boomerang. And you just do it behind a basic background and then you remove that background and you can upload it onto your social media and make your own GIF. It's really cool. And then of course we can use different symbols or stickers to draw attention and to get our brand message across. There are so many different ways to use visuals. And so I want you to think about again that 80% of what people see they can retain about making yourself very identifiable with the colors that you're using, with your logo, with the fonts and style, the imagery that you're choosing, and making them where they get used to what you're about and so they can literally pick you out of a crowd. You become recognizable to them. That is so important for you. But also besides your, your logo and your images and your colors is when you make videos, so now video content is so huge, but even on YouTube and now on Reels, you will have video, but you always want to have a title or a hook on your video because that is what is going to be clickbait and is going to get people to actually click to see what's inside of your video so they can even experience your branded content within that video. So make sure you aren't leaving that out. 
And another really, really, really powerful thing for your visual branding is using infographics. If you are not somebody who is a good designer, then have somebody who is help you design some of these infographics. If you go into Canva, you can put in infographics and it will give you a lot of different templates that you could just plug and play your information in, change it to your colors. If you think about Pinterest, it is full of infographics. And now you're seeing a lot of infographics showing up on stories and things like that. Also, what you wanna consider doing is carousel posts. And those carousel posts work in stories, they work on Instagram, they work on Facebook. And basically it is image after image after image that you are sharing bits of pieces of information, but it's all visually stimulating and beautifully branded. That is what's really important about doing those carousel posts. The last thing, but also very important, is you have to have that brand identity pulled all together. You need to know who you're talking to and understanding what you're trying to convey and the message that you're trying to get across. And when it comes to brand identity, I talk about brand identity is your first door to influence, but within brand identity, these visuals are actually your first door to catching their attention. And I had this analogy that I was told and I just loved from Marisa. And Marisa said that if you think about the things that are out there that like a piece of fruit, a piece of fruit is just has a seed inside of it. And that's what you want to get across to people. You want them to get that seed. You want them to get that information. But that piece of fruit has this delicious sweetness that's enticing. And that is what is going to draw people in. And so think of your visual branding as that outside of the fruit, the deliciousness of the fruit so that you can get that seed delivered to them so that that can be planted in their hearts and you can actually impact their lives. You have to be able to draw them in with your visual branding. It's so important. I hope that this was not too much information for you and you were able to think about these things in a new way. You may need to go back and re-listen and take some notes, but I also have that brand identity guide for you to go ahead and download. But before we go here, I have just a couple more tips about branding for you and just overall design rules. And these are things that I've just learned along the way as I've had to learn to be more of a designer um, in my own personal brand. And now that I'm doing a lot of branding for other people, and these are just some easy design tips. And first of all, less is more. So I want you to think about a boutique compared to a big store like Macy's. And what is different about them is those boutiques are almost empty. There is so few things in there, but the things that they have stand out and you notice them and you literally will see every single thing that's in a boutique compared to you would have to spend all day in Macy's to try to see and pick through everything. And so there is a beautiful strategy to that and you can charge a lot more. And so if you really want people to dial in and pay attention to you and what you have to offer, then less is more. Make it really minimal and just really put out what is most necessary out there when you are creating things. And I've seen people make this mistake where they just put way too many words on their social posts. You just wanna hook them in and then you can put more words in your caption in the post, but don't try to cram a whole bunch of things in there. 
And when you're designing things, this is something I learned from my designer, is you have to let it breathe. Don't try to squish too many things in there all together. So you can have, if you have your palette of your neutral in the background, and then you put an object that's maybe in the color of your main color, in my case it would be yellow, then that breaks up that white space a little bit, and then you have room for your text, and you do very minimal text, then that is going to be very aesthetically pleasing. And that's going to draw them in, and then just make sure that the text that you do put on there is very meaningful and thoughtful, and try to say what you want to say in the smallest amount of words. Keep it really simple and to the point. Cut all the fat. When it comes to design, that is the most important thing. Even on my worksheets, I used to try to cram everything I could onto one worksheet because I was so concerned about people wasting their printer ink because I don't know about you, but I never had printer ink. But then I learned that the worksheets were actually more effective when I gave it way more room to breathe. I put way less on one page and now something that I used to cram all on one or two pages, I might take up seven pages, but aesthetically, it's so much easier for them to take in the information. They don't feel overwhelmed when it's all cramped and crowded in there together. So that's just a couple of tips for you when it comes to overall design and what you're creating. Use those shapes to break things up, to add in your main color and your branded elements. Use your logo, put it on everything. Make sure you're being consistent with your fonts and give everything room to breathe and less is more. So I hope that that helps you. I hope that you learned a lot about how to bring your brand aesthetic and your presence to a whole new level. And I would be happy to help you out if you feel like you need support with this. This is something that I do as part of my brand identity and helping you to build out your brand identity. This brand presence is one of them. I'm very capable at it. I love to do it. So make sure you get that brand identity guide and reach out to me if there's anything I can do to support you in building your brand and getting you noticed online. I want you to shine online. And most of all, I want you to shine bright and make a difference.